Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Now that the NBA Draft Lottery has passed, I can finally get into part two of my doubleheader this week. Just going to be giving a real quick rapid reaction, but as always, you know the rules. Can't speak without the beak present. Let's drop it so we can get into it. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to the Mind of Mike J podcast. Like I said, this is part two this week. I know I'm releasing it at a really unorthodox time, but Wednesday I'm having to... And how, why y'all calling me while I'm trying to do my show? See, see, see how people do me? I'm not even going to edit that out. I should have put my phone on silent. That's my fault. Anyway, um, the... NBA Draft Lottery, I had to wait for to do this on a Wednesday because Tuesday, well, because Tuesday was the Draft Lottery, and I hate to be doing this at an unorthodox time because, as you guys know by now, I try to do everything consistently on Mondays, but in this particular case, we're just going to do something a little bit different. Boston obviously won the Draft Lottery last night, ended up with the number one pick, how often does the number one seed in the East also end up with the number one pick in the in the draft? That just doesn't... I mean, it's a good time to be from Boston right now. That's all I'm going to say on that. That was... This, this is probably one of the bigger wins. This is the kind of stuff that can really bring balance to the East. Because, you know, everybody keeps saying... The East is weak, and Cleveland has no competition. Well, right now, we got their biggest competition is also going to get the number one pick in a very deep and very loaded and almost certainly star-quality draft. So, everybody should be happy. Everybody should stop complaining about the East being so weak because Boston looks to be in the works of building a real contender. I was also really happy for the L.A. Lakers because, if I'm not mistaken, had their pick fallen out of the top four, they would have had to have given it up to the Sixers, which would have been a good win for them. But L.A. would have lost their... They would have lost their their pick this year, and they would have lost their 2019 pick. They if if it fall if this one if this year had fallen out of the top 4, they would have had to give their pick to Philadelphia this year and then Orlando in 2019. So, not a lot of people knew it, but the entire immediate future of the Los Angeles Lakers organization was riding on last night's ping pong balls. So, long story short, Really happy for them. I don't see a situation in which they either Boston or L.A. messes this up because Boston, like I said, they're playing with house money. They can they can go ahead and draft the best guy. They can trade it to get a veteran. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of different ways they can go with it. L.A. is almost certainly, as I've been saying. To, yesterday just kind of confirmed it. 
is almost definitely going to draft Lonzo Ball. I just don't see a situation in which they don't. He obviously wants to play for him. From what I'm reading, he is not even working out or planning on working out for any other teams. So once again, the kid's making headlines and it is apparently going all in on L.A. Is L.A. all in on him? Now, I don't know. That remains to be seen. But it appears as if L.A. and Lonzo Ball are just destined to be together. So we will see. Other thoughts. I am very tempted to call Dennis Smith Jr. the steal of the draft already. I know I don't I don't understand I might be reaching a little bit here, but the way that the lottery is shaping up, I just see a lot of teams passing on him. I feel like he'll go somewhere in the eight, nine, or ten range and be in a position to really turn around a team like the Knicks or I believe the Mavericks or someone down that way. So I'm looking forward to it. I've been saying since this kid was in high school that he was going to be a problem. And I'm still, and I still, part of me still believes he might be the best point guard in the draft. And we'll have to see. You never know. And that's what makes it exciting. The NBA draft lottery is really unlike anything else because in other sports, it just, it just, it's automatic. It just goes to the teams with the worst record. The NBA has a very unique system with the lottery where they allow teams that might not be the worst to end up with a draft pick that doesn't necessarily reflect their record. And it can completely turn the tides. And to me, that's exciting. The Hornets, I might as well say this about the Hornets. And... Y'all have to excuse me. This is just the UNC fan part coming out of me. We're at the number 11 spot. Why don't we draft Justin Jackson? I would like to see it. I'm saying why not? The last time I brought that up, a lot of people thought I was reaching either of the UNC fans. But at number 11, what do you have to look forward to? Just to run through the last seven years of number 11 draft picks just to give you the idea of the kind of player you're going to end up with. Starting in 2010, in order, the number 11 draft pick ended up being Cole Aldrich, 2010, Clay Thompson, Myers Leonard, Michael Carter-Williams, Doug McDermott, Doug McDermott, excuse me, Miles Turner, And last year's pick at number 11, DeMantis Sabonis. Just to be very clear, if you're a Hornets fan, you don't have a whole lot to look forward to at that number 11 spot. So why not? To those of you that say we shouldn't draft Justin Jackson, why not? What do you have to lose? Now, we'll give the Hornets credit. I was checking their Instagram page And I saw they put up a post of notable players taken with the 11th pick in the NBA draft. And this is an all-time list. Reggie Miller, 1987. Nick Anderson, 1989. Allen Houston, 1993. 
J.J. Reddick in 2006. I guess that qualifies as notable. Anyway, I, I like the positivity, but it's kind of hard to be excited when you're a Hornets fan and you're watching them draft. Because more often than not, anyone that follows the team like me knows, more often than not, we don't usually get it right. And we're not ever in a position to get it right. Which brings me to my next point. Some of you might have seen the Facebook post that I put up, but I'm going to bring it up again. This number one pick that Boston ended up with last night was actually acquired in a trade that they received from the Brooklyn Nets a couple years back. That pick, along with three other first-rounders, Boston actually tried to trade to Charlotte two years ago. They were picking at, I believe, 28 or 29 that year and were so desperate to move up to number 9 to draft Justice Winslow that they were willing to offer four first-round picks, one of them being the number 16 pick that year and an unprotected first round, future first round pick from Brooklyn. Unprotected meaning regardless of where it lands, it would go to the Hornets. And we turned it down to draft Frank Kaminsky. And now the number one seed in the Eastern Conference is picking number one. We being Charlotte. We could have had the number 11 and the number one picks in one of the talent-wise best drafts in a long time. But that's being a Charlotte fan for you. The thing that is discouraging to me, and I don't mean to be so negative, but this is how, here's how these quote-unquote deep drafts, where there's apparently a lot of all-star talent and other guys that can be great role players just scattered everywhere all over the draft just waiting to be picked up. Here's how these deep drafts normally go. The star guys are going to be in the top five. If you're not drafting in the top five, you're probably not going to land the franchise guy. That's just how it goes. 2008. Top five. Westbrook, Derrick Rose, Kevin Love all went in the top five. Outside of the top five, you really only have one shot to land a guy that might make it even make an all-star appearance. In 2008, that guy was, or those guys, were Brooke Lopez and Roy Hibber. Very next year, Blake Griffin, James Harden, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan all go top 10. Outside the top 10, you had Jeff Holliday, excuse me, Drew Holiday and Jeff Teague. 2010, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Paul George, Gordon Hayward all go in the top 10. Nobody with an all-star appearance passed the top 10 that year. So in other words, where the Hornets are currently sitting, unfortunately, 
there's just not a whole lot to look forward to. It'll probably be another year of a marginal player and another year of a average, if not below average, season. It hurts me to say that. I hate to break it to any Charlotte fans, but that's what we're dealing with. On the positive side, the quote-unquote weak 2011 NBA draft, Jimmy Butler went number 30, Isaiah Thomas went number 60. So you never know. But I guess we'll just have to see. Like I said, this was going to be a quick one, but I do have to still, I did not forget, I had to hand out the L of the week, and it's going to be the L of last week, technically. Therefore, it's going to be James Harden, or the guy that was supposed to be James Harden, is taking this week's L of the week. I don't even know what to call that guy that I saw last week in Game 6 against the Spurs. That was the mustache. That wasn't even the beard. That was the mustache, James Harden. Two shots in 37 minutes. 39-point loss at home to a team missing two of their best players. What on earth was that? I can honestly see why some people would say that the NBA is rigged. I remember, and some of you might have seen, I know a lot of you listened to it. A few, uh, one of my first episodes, I talked about can professional sports be rigged, and I basically thought it was an insane thing to suggest, but how else do you explain, how else do you explain what we saw last week? Harden was having one of the most prolific offensive seasons ever. The Houston Rockets were having one of the most prolific offensive seasons ever. They didn't even break 80 points. Harden took 11 shots for a guy that touches the ball every possession and played 37 minutes. It wasn't even trying to score. It almost makes you believe that there's something else going on. What that could be, I have no idea. But uh, I, I, I don't. I just don't know what to say. It just wasn't. That's not normal. But regardless, whether you it was intentional, whether it was a setup, James Harden, you hold the L for this week. On, honestly, you ought to hold an L for the next two weeks for that. But I am sure next week there will be someone else to take it from you. And other than that, that concludes this week's episode. Again, I appreciate everybody listening. I hope you guys have a great week. I will be back on time Monday. So be back in a few days. Enjoy your weekend. In the meantime, Mind of Mike J Podcast signing off.